We have uh, uh, the commander of Yebesha International here. Um, and your full name, Bojos? My name is Bajo Sores. 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 Uh-huh. Sores. Uh, and uh, and uh, your name again? Hunash Ameriki. Hunash Ameriki. Yeah. Ah. I like that last name. It's easy to remember. <laughs> we also have uh, uh, have uh, Tassin here. Uh, you want to give it uh, give a name? Tassin is good. Yeah, Tassin is good. Good, good. I'm glad that you guys are in town today. This is Radio Kurdistan podcasting from the foot of Mount Sinjar, northern Iraq. And a lot of my fans don't know that many Europeans and Americans volunteer to fight alongside the Kurds and Yazidis in their protection force. They have their own unit in YBS known as YBS International. So why am I doing this podcast now when we're in the middle of a war? Because the International has just suffered a, an embarrassing event when three of their soldiers deserted. And as we discuss what happened, I think this is a unique opportunity for all of us to learn about what it's like to... Uh, participate in YBS International as an American or European fighting alongside the Yazidis. On April 21, three international volunteers, Vincent Mark Alexander, Jane Duvall, and Emmer Edwards, abandoned their guard post and hopped into a taxi out of the region. Apparently, they had been speaking to their commander, who is right here with us, about their fears of being in a firefight with the Iraqi army. But a week later, these deserters appeared in a video done by the Peshmerga government, which was clearly designed to embarrass the YBS. My name is Emma Edwards. I'm from Britain. Hello, my name is uh, Vincent Michael McAlexander. I'm a United States citizen. My name is Gene Duval. I'm from the United States of America. Do not come. They, they do not care about you. You are going to die. The deserters claimed that they were kidnapped and instead of being in the YBS, they were made to serve in the so-called terrorist PKK for five months. Or even worse, they're going to throw you underground into a tunnel, completely pitch black, locked in a room, and you will never be seen again. They all claim to have been imprisoned and abused. But what's strange about the video is that uh, it contains their many travel photos where they're traveling freely about the district, taking selfies, and smiling into the camera. The Peshmerga provided exciting music while the photos are being shown, so they accidentally kind of made a very attractive recruitment video for the YBS International. Anyways, we're going to play for you what the deserters said. I joined the YBS in, uh, from a man named Martin Clamper on Instagram. He says, uh, come, come join. There's, uh, I asked him if there was a PKK here. He said, uh, no, there's no PKK. Um, there's no PKK anywhere near us. They'll tell you uh, if you do not like it or you do not fit in well, uh, you have the right to go home within the first month. That is a lie. The gentleman, Martin Clamper, uh, told me that ISIS was here, Dash, and they were slaughtering, raping, uh, and trying to convert all of the Kurdish, Kurdish people. And 
we find out as well, we will be fighting against the Peshmerga. We will be fighting the Iraqi army. Uh, we will fight Turkey. So, because we did not sign on to be terrorists to our country, we did not sign on to fight American allies. Um, we came to fight a common enemy of everybody. But the first thing that uh, uh, the uh, uh, Vincent Mark Al Alexander seemed to say, somehow he was not really clear on who the YBS was fighting. <laughs> so he, he's traveling thousands of miles to northern Iraq. He didn't mention the word Yazidi once in his uh, video, I noticed. Is that, is that really accurate? Is, uh, could he have missed that he was fighting the Turkish state that was trying to invade here and, uh, and opposing the, the KRG, the Kurdistan government? Uh, no, absolutely not. It's, it, we're all adults, you know, who come here and it's a, a quick Google search, a Wikipedia search, and you can see who our potential allies are, who our potential enemies are. Um, also, that we are a self-defense force of, of the Yazidis in the Shangal region, which means that anyone who comes to threaten the autonomy within this region is, is our enemy. So we work really about every other day. Of course, we clean every day, and, you know, but this is only 30 minutes or so. Um, but when we work, it's maybe four or five hours a day with you know, chai breaks, cigarette breaks, lunch. Like, it's, uh, we, we genuinely don't work that much. I mean, yeah, when we work, it, uh -huh. could, it could be hard work. You know, there's digging, uh, not tunnels, but you know, like, uh, maybe helping and fixing our positions a little bit. Or uh, you know, we, we built a little concrete house for a generator or a uh -huh. little farm, a little garden, you know? And I mean, they said their hands were bleeding, you know? And I mean, like, it's, uh, my hands are clean, <laughs> He's right? holding up his hands, they're not bleeding, yeah. It's, uh, there's no cuts, no. It's absolutely ridiculous. Their claims of, you know, I've never dug a tunnel. I've never been, you know, like, uh, they, it, it, these things are ridiculous that they're claiming, absolutely ridiculous. It's uh -huh. basic work, it's easier work than what I was doing in the United States, really. You know, rather than these eight, ten hour days I was working in the United States, it's, you know, it's... So you know what? I, uh, here's, maybe we could just um, get you to paint a picture for us a little sure. bit of the inside of Yebesha International as, uh, you know, a person who's been here. How long have you been here? Uh, about two and a half months now. Two and a half so months. Long, but... And um, the people, you've met in the whole unit. Could you give me a sense of the unit and the people you've met, why they're here? And what is, what is the atmosphere like? Of course, yeah. Uh, so some of the individuals here um, are very ideological. Um, almost everyone is here due to the Yazidi struggle that's here right now. The Yazidi struggle and the Kurdish struggle of uh, you know, the autonomy and, and, and also with the genocide that happened here, um, making sure that something like this never happens again. But everyone here is genuinely just really close and really good friends with each other. You know, it's a lot of joking, a lot of laughing, a lot of just great conversations, great times. It's uh, um, just great co co uh, coercion within the teams, you know, I mean, uh, cohesion within the teams. Uh, yeah, everyone here is uh, just really great morale, really great spirit as of right now. But yeah, just it's, it's a lot of uh, just like this, sitting around and just talking, you know, uh, like having chai, having... It's kind of like the Yazidi kind of way. It know, is. Uh, a lot of sitting around, having chai, talking, and... 
planning and mm. so I've never been to the Middle East but I've been to many different countries uh, but yeah I, I, I think I get your point that you know these are young guys maybe this is the first time they ever been mm. away from their home country yeah. you know they're young they, they, they're in a new environment Maybe they, you know, they felt they didn't fit in totally. Mm. This is a very radically different environment from being in Britain or being in America or something. I think a lot yeah. of it has to do yeah. with the media. They portray soldiers. The media loves, especially at Hollywood, love to portray soldiers and in and war. They love to glorify it, right? And they love to these heroes going out. Yeah. But militias and military structures are ninety nine percent of the time, uh, like like you said, basic work and just chilling and waiting you know this yeah. is uh, so it's boring sometimes it is yeah. it is but that's but that's also why we have each other to keep each other happy to keep good morale with each other um uh -huh. but you know these three were on a team together and and I'm, I'm sure that uh one person negativity it really does affect the rest of the people's negativities you know uh -huh. i mean the morale yeah. so one person feeds into the other and feeds into the other and then it just leads to the snowball effect and that's mm -hmm. why you know having a good overall morale of the, of the unit is tremendously important. Mm. But, uh, sorry, there are no good uh, problems of relationships with these uh, three boys. No. Because one of them was a team commander. Mm -hmm. One of them was yes. a team commander? Yes, Kani uh, was a team commander, he's a leader of, uh, of them. Then it's not this uh, the problem. Uh, there was one American one week ago, he arrived here, mm -hmm. in the first day he said, oh, I cannot uh, sleep in the ground, these conditions, and, and we helped to him mm -hmm. to, to, to go back. He stayed here three days, and we put in a taxi and, and go back home. It's no problem to, to leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they are, like uh, you said, uh, different to, to the mentality of America or Europe, mm -hmm. uh, the bed, the, the, the food, the, the place, the army, uh, anything, we help to them. They was five months here. They know very well where they was. Mm -hmm. yeah. They know. Absolutely. But was the day in, in the middle of the battle when ran, ran away. The yeah. only reason is they are cowards. Yeah. So they uh, are, uh, this uh, environment, cowards. they were pretty much okay with, with living in the militia for yeah. five months, but it was these stressful times that we were all experiencing the last two weeks of, uh, yeah, there's bullets flying, there's artillery, and I guess they get, uh, so you're saying that you think they, they just got, they got scared. Yeah, very scared. A jar, a jar, for example, he said he was two times injured. It's not true. One time with the generator, putting on the generator, and the... The handle? The handle was in his face and beat his heart. It's not a war injured. It's basically a camping kind of injury. He came to our hospital and we just treated it. It was not something to be a big injury. No, no. A small injury. There are people coming here like for Facebook, for war tourists, or I don't know what, to become a famous or to make his history on his life or I don't know what. And when the reality is in front of them and pick uh -huh. and dead or the enemy is coming, they are very, very scared. Very yeah. scared. Uh -huh. A child was telling to me, Bahus hundred percent are coming, the Iraq the Iraqi are coming. 
Uh, no, 100% or 50%, I don't know. It's probably they are coming. He was. percent, man. Yes. This is like a casino, man. He was very, very scary. Very scary. Yeah. If for that I tell to him, no need to stay here, scary. You, you can leave. It's no, it's no problem. It's not new in the armies. There are people who run away. It's not new. It's normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the, 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 the persons are weak and it's, it's normal to happen, no? I think so. But. Barzani take care of about this and take profit making propaganda. Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So back to that propaganda. We really had to go through this list. You are put on the front line to completely be the first one to die so they don't lose their own people. You are going to die. You have a 95% chance of never being able to get out. And that's either because they refuse to get you out or... They do not want you to come and tell the things that I'm going to tell you, and they will kill you if you do. You are truly a slave, and you will never get out of there alive. When the battle starts, they take the Yebisha International, the Americans, the Spanish, the British, and they put them in the front lines. Because they're, they're the cannon fodder. Right? They want to tire the enemy out and they ridiculous. want to save their own forces and just let these foreigners get killed. That's so big said. liar. We are, we are in discussion with our commanders because we want to go to the first line. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm here six years. I was injured in the Azor, I was in Raqqa, we was in uh, Afrin, we was in Serekanille. We lose, we lose uh, some friends. Uh, Said Baran in Afrin, Said Anduk in, in Serekanille, Said Kandal in, in the Azor when I was injured. We fight with the commanders to go to the front line. Yeah. We, go, we want. And the, the Kurdish want to take care about us and don't permit yeah. to go to the first line. I know. Many times. Yeah. Then it's, it's, it's liar. It's not true. And it's not because yeah. the, the, the Kurdish want to ask to the first line to, to do propaganda. No. We are fighting. It's time to go to the first line because we want to go and the Kurdish uh, don't want to mm-hmm. see us in the front line. And, and there, there are several movies, mm-hmm. uh, documentaries out in, in the West um, about fighting in uh, Yepege and fighting here on the Iraqi side. One of them is a, uh, is a series on Amazon about, you know, Yepige, Yebesha fighters. Mm-hmm. And this apparently is a very common complaint with Americans and mm-hmm. Canadians and Spanish who are here. They say, oh, uh, you know, they keep us in the back. Uh, we we want to go to front lines. And I've heard this many times. And it's on television. It's been uh, well, when I was When much. I was in Raqqa, for example, the YBC was in the first line, was in front of, of the match, uh, football match of the, the, the last uh, position of uh, dice. And the YBC International was there in the front line. And all the YPG International was on the back, uh, not in the front line, and they was complaining a lot because they don't take care about them for put in the in the front line. Mm. Uh-huh. Then it's a, a common uh, problem here for the foreigners. Uh, uh-huh. The Kurdish are taking too much care about us, and they don't like to see to us in the front line. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then it's opposite. Yeah. It's the totally opposite on this uh, vision. They say also they they shoot to us if we. Go back, no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they said that. Oh, if you guys, it's, it's right. like this this Russian Stalingrad thing. Right, oh, yeah. if, if you run, we're what gonna shoot pull. you if you run away or something <laughs> like that. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Like, it's. Uh, 
what what would we gain from ever doing something like that you know and of course like if somebody wants to get out of there like uh it's only going to help the team to get them out of there right they're not going to be good getting what getting injured and we have to take care of them or whatnot like yeah. if you go then like but we don't need people like that cowards who uh -huh. are who want to just run away and it's, escape uh, you know it's really, really true about kurds uh, in the kurds revolution there, there's this idea that oh you know the guest, the foreigner. Oh, mm. we can't, we can't let anything happen to a foreigner, uh, and uh, to really take care of them. And Tassin was there when, uh, when all these guys came here to try to get me to leave. Mm. <laughs> they were so concerned about me. The whole, the whole village is being bombed, mm. and they took their time out to come over here to go. Oh, how's the American? How's he doing? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I was so embarrassed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they were worried about me. It was, oh my God. Son of this man, no? <laughs> uh, it definitely is part of the cold, I mean, Kurdish and Yazidi culture that if, if they accept you in, then they they feel that you're their responsibility, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's a really lovely part of their culture. Um, and uh, yeah. it, it definitely stands true. They, they want to take care of you. They want to teach you. They want to just make sure you are safe and happy because they're the ones that said, yes, you can come. Oh, another thing about these videos. Did you notice that every one of those uh, guys mentioned Barzani? <laughs> what the hell was that about? Oh, you want to thank Barzani, Barzani. I was like, what? You guys probably don't even know who Barzani is. And they, uh, and, and, uh, they, they want to mention Barzani. They also they mention Barzani in the same part of the video every time. Yeah. Uh -huh. At the like, end, it's, right it's not improvised. Oh. It's not improvised. It's a, like argument, like uh, when you do before to do a film or a yeah. theater. Yeah, yeah, a script. I also want to thank uh, the President Barzani in the Peshmerga for getting me out alive. I'd like to thank the Kurdish regional government for helping me, saving me, and my two other friends, basically. Uh, Balzani, especially. And we also would like to thank President Barzani for his help and support. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they got a, a sheet of paper yeah. with yeah. the word uh, Barzani on it, and they, they lifted it up. Hey, you remember? The, definitely it's propaganda <laughs> they are making. Are they, yeah. This propaganda is not, is not true, or are liars. We can uh, prove all, all the lies. They, they have their passport, passport they have the, the telephone mobile, telephone 24 hours. Uh, all are liars. We can demonstrate that. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Is uh, and uh, yeah, right. So they. Uh, so let's uh, let's review that again. So these guys, uh, they get uh, they come to Yevashi International. First of all, you guys have an orientation, right? I mean, you have emails back and forth, yeah, materials, and um, I think there's an introductory video you present. Uh, you know, a very detailed thing in an introductory video for everybody who's coming. And so they should know a lot of what's going on. They come here and you do not take their passport. They, and they, uh, uh, fighters, they always have their passport with them. They, you don't take their money. You, you don't take their phones. You don't. No, of course not. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Like he's pulling out his phone right out of his pocket. I yeah. see it. <laughs> <laughs> it. We were 
we're people here. We're free, right? We're not. Uh, we have everything we could possibly need. And and you know how many times I've been told your phone and your passport is your responsibility. And that's like also why why we keep it on us. Is that way, no matter what happens, it's it's on us. That way, it is our responsibility. And of course, we have pure freedom. Like they got in a taxi. It's it's ridiculous to claim. Uh huh. After the bombing, they were sending message to the family, yeah. to the internet, to the telegram, to from their telephone. They have telephone also uh -huh. in combat. That is not right. That's true. Uh, in, uh, normally, yeah. we must to bring the telephone yeah. because I was in one academy. I was in here like commanding that moment. But normally. When it's war, we must bring the telephone for security. Oh you know, yeah, localization or filming or something. Yeah. The also, they are not you, you in this moment. They are not taking the, the telephone. Mm -hmm. They have to. Yeah, is that okay. something? Because yeah, I have a big discussion with you. Probably know uh, other uh, Yevisha uh, guy in town, and we talk all the time about the drones and the telephones. How. Uh, you know, they might be using the telephone to track people and that there's evidence of this. One of these assassinations, I think it was in 2018 maybe, um, that there, uh, it mentions in the article that they were tracking their target with, uh, with phone, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, but uh, uh, currently, right now, it might not be wise, but uh, the Ebesha fighters have their phones. You just pulled out your phone. I can see that you have your phone. Um, and uh, so, that's something. You want to say something, Tassin? Yeah. You know that uh, not everyone have a telephone with uh, with him when he, he become a, a Yebeshe fighter. Right. Just uh, uh, this one without camera, without uh, location, because it's using uh, for drones and everything. And uh, about those uh, three guys uh, that you you are talking about, uh, they say a lot of things. Uh, they say we are we coming to fight a Daesh uh, with Yebesh. After that, we become a member of uh, PKK. And therefore, yeah, PKK Oh yeah, said, that's what they said. You can't leave if you are uh, become uh, with us. And uh, they say that is the big problem for us. We can't leave. Uh, we have to, uh, to come back to our families. And uh, we can't come back if we become a PKK. And so we we uh, send uh, help to Barzani and uh, they, they come and bring us and uh, take us to Arville and then give each one to his consulate and that's it. And uh, of course the uh, American government and the British government say nothing about that. Oh, they I... don't give any information. Uh -huh. They say uh, there's speciality and we can't say anything about this uh, subject. and. Huh. I think you got something because yeah, if if they're uh, on video and they're saying, "Oh, we were with the PKK," actually, mm -hmm. you know, um, then you would never say that on video in front of the Peshmerga because they would arrest you and they would turn you over to the Iraqi army. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you say you was kidnapped by the PKK. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, but even if uh, even if they say, "Oh, we were forced to be in the PKK," mm -hmm. of course, if you're in the PKK, you're going to say you were forced to, to be in the PKK. So, if it was true that they're going to claim on on uh, a camera, "Oh, we're PKK," 
They would have been arrested. They would never have been sent to their consulates. They would never be allowed to leave the country. But the truth is, is that they were told to say that by the Peshmerga. That's how come they were so free in saying it. They were so free in saying it. They was like, oh, yeah, we're with the PKK. What? What? You know, who's it? Because we have two journalists who were arrested on April 18th, and um, they keep saying they're not with the PKK. The, uh, the uh, Iraqi army, the Peshmerga, are saying, oh no, you were with the PKK, and they're, they're, in, they're in jail now, and we can't get them out. So, but these guys could go on camera and say, oh yeah, we were with the PKK, and now we're going to get on a plane and we're going to go home. Thanks, about Sonny. <laughs> thank you, Marzani. Yeah. <laughs> that is so crazy. Well, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for enlightening uh, me about these things. Um, but uh, one thing I just want to come back to, uh, uh, Bahos, if I could ask you. Now, uh, Bahos, you are Spanish, and you are you came here. Why did you come here? I was coming here in the 2016 after I see the genocide uh, of the gen- just it is the persecution, the clean ethnic clinic in the in the region. I was in France in that in that moment, and I cannot. Est- I, I have a military experience in a special forces in Spain many years before, but I have that experience, and uh, my circumstances uh, lift to me to to come here to help, and I don't. Uh, I, I was prefer I prefer to to come here than to stay doing, uh, doing nothing. But, but why why? What was your orientation? Why did you come? I'm Christian. Ah, I see. I I'm see. Christian. In the beginning, I was having some prejudice about the JPG, but after I see the ideology of Abdullah Kalam respecting the tradition, respecting, uh, not, not only respect the, the religion, uh, defending the, the religion, mm-hmm. uh, the only uh, militia in Rojava or, or here are defending the minorities are the Conferently Democratic of the YPG or the YBC here. Then, uh, in the beginning, I was having my prejudice uh, about the, this. Uh, I was thinking these militia are communists, are atheists, or something like this, but nothing like this. Uh, it's not like this. And then I'm very happy. If I'm not happy, I'm not here six, months, six years, no? like uh, I'm uh-huh. here. Then, uh, it's not only the ideology, it's the practice. In the practice, in our uh, Tahim, in our unit, we can fight, we can uh, live to- together, uh, Muslims, Yazidis, Christians, or atheists, without any problem. Mm-hmm. The Pesmerga, for example, they were destroying many villages from here uh, because they hate the Arabs. Mm. They are not destroying by the bombing, they were destroying by uh, ma- machines because uh, many Yazidis hate the Arabs, and the Arabs hate the Yazidis. And the, the Barsanias, Muslims, are Sunnitas. And then mm. the Yazidis, they, they, they are not uh, Kurdish because the Kurdish are Muslims. They are hate between all the, the, the different people here. No? And only in our militia, they are Arabs, Yazidi, Christians, atheists, mm. all together fighting. Then it's not only uh, a question of uh, ideology, it's a question of practice, in the practice. Mm. So uh, religious sectarianism and uh, religious hate um, you know, offends you as a Christian. Hmm. And do I have, uh, have your, that's what, uh, you saw it as an issue of religious genocide. Uh, Muslims are trying to wipe out the Yazidi because they don't even 
treat them like human beings. Well, no, Daesh, Daesh is not only the enemy of the Yazidis, it's the enemy of the Muslims, uh, no radicals, mm, are the enemy of the Christians, are the enemy of the humanity. Daesh mm -hmm. is a intolerance, authoritarianism, they want to convert uh, under the, the, the sword, the, 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 then it's the enemy of all the humanity, not, not only the Yazidis. Mm. And then I was seeing the, the, the opportunity to fight this kind of uh, fascism, if you want, no? or intolerance, if you want. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's for that I was coming here. Because you have a very uh, specific skill set. I was working know? before here in France, I was working in, in Africa, in, Mar in Morocco, in the border with Spain, helping the immigrants. Then for the church. No? Then I, I'm a Christian, and I was also making... A, a, Voluntary working about the, the child helping the, the immigrants. No? Mm. In that moment of the genocide of the Yazidis, I, I was in the TV and I was coming quickly here to, to do my best. Wow. And so um, I'm interested, you've been here six years, you've seen the recruits serve their terms, go home, and new recruits and so forth. And does this experience, of the uh, these three hmm. defectors, uh, change the way you think about how you recruit, who you recruit. You know, it's impossible. The people many times by internet say, "Ah, you must to do a best selection of the people who is arriving." Which kind of selection? Exactly. Uh, you can do a. Uh, Psychotechnic, uh, psychological. Oh, psychological. Uh, and, and what are the people going to answer? Like uh, for the license for driving or the hunting license. If I ask to you, uh, sometimes you you feel like you need to kill the people who are you. This, you are going to say no, mm -hmm. no. Uh, if the people are going to to answer the, the things you want to hear. It's impossible yeah. to do a, a questionnaire uh, like this. Also, only if you see the person in front of you. And also like this, there are, there are many mistakes. There are many mistakes. There are selection for working the ships. Like security, for example, is a big uh, selection because psychologically you must to be very strong to stay six months in one ship uh, working, no? Like security. And no, some year before, some month before, one people was killing the others, no? Uh, which kind of selection was making? And is yeah. Or in the American army, there was some people making uh, bad things. Yeah. The selection is impossible to do 100%. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Only when the people arrive here, uh, we have like uh, one month and we can say to some of them, go back, it's better because here you can do problems. But uh, it's so impossible. So here, um, who, uh, who are the people who uh, seem to be very successful with Yevisha and who are the people who, uh, after one month, you had to ask them to leave? Have you seen the commonalities? What, what, makes, it, what makes somebody good at be, uh, being here? Normally, the people is good. Uh, we have a compromise minimum of eight months to remain here. We must to finish the compromise. Why? Because it's costly to come, it's costly to return. To, it's risky uh, even. And risky and money. Of, uh, then uh, we, want, we must to take care of you for return to, you to, to America, for example. You must to serve here the minimum of eight, eight months. But you want to leave before, you can leave. But you are risk and you are way. It's no problem. But we are, we are not going to support you to leave. Mm -hmm. so, uh, this is one thing. The other thing is that there are not a, a role, role of people coming here making problems or not. For example, ideological. 
they are people with a ideological profile making problems, making without ideological uh -huh. profile. So we're thinking about these, problems. these defectors Ma who yes, didn't have much people, of an ideology, but also people who have an ideology, was one, they could also one, be a problem. Uh, yes, <laughs> there was one anarchist coming here. I don't, I don't know what's here, I was in the academy, but and, and he lived in one week, you know, because and he was ideologically very near to our ideas, no? It's not a profile of ideological people or not ideological people, uh, or military experience or not military experience. There are people with military experience who have the capacity of adaptation very good, and there are people with uh, military experience with problem, making problems. Mm. It's, it's not, I have not, in my, under my experience, one profile to say people with profile ideological is good or no. Mm. Also, there are people without ideological mentality or also nationalist mentality making good work and helping, and people more left side and making problems or opposite. They are not one profile of people. Mm. The people are making problems because they are retarded. Uh, they can't. Uh, they can't. Yeah, uh, they can, no, uh, no cohesion within within the team. The personalities don't clash, or or uh, they. Um, Maybe lazy or... Different. Yeah, but that person, for the personality, not for the ideology. Yeah. I uh -huh. never yeah. see in six years, I never see one discussion about ideology in, in bad way. Never. I see. So Because the Confederate Democracy uh... is that. It's the, the real democracy, uh, the base dem democracy, and we are tolerant with everybody. We are not sectaries. We don't say we only accept people with socialist mentality or with anarchist mentality or no. We accept everyone mm -hmm. if they have the capacity of uh, staying with other people. Uh -huh. and, uh, because, and that's you said that's why you you love to be here and been here for six years. You like the fact that you have Muslims and Christians and so yeah. forth and people yeah. who are different uh, ideology who can yeah. come and get along. Yeah. Yes. And uh, well. That's interesting. That's interesting. So it's not ideology. It's something about uh, how somebody can relate to others, mm. I think. But also in, in a very, uh, what a lot of people would consider a very foreign environment. Like for me, I've, this is the first time I've been to the Middle East. And it is so. I was a little bit surprised that, oh, oh wow, we, we sit on the floor all the time. We have chai. We talk all the time. And so you can't just go in and say, this is what I want. You know, you have to sit and talk and have chai and then not even discuss it. Maybe the second time you come to uh, meet with yeah. the person, then you could ask what what you want. But it's uh, and so it's a different way of working. And, you know, I enjoy that. Um, but it uh, but I, I've also had the experience of being in different countries, you know, uh, but I, I might have been. Uh, you know, when I was younger, and the first time I ever left the United States, I went, uh, went to the Philippines, um, and I tried to integrate with uh, the left parties in uh, in Manila, in the Philippines, and uh, it, it was hard for me. It was kind of, I was, I was really freaking out, mm. uh, cultural dissonance or whatever, um, and uh, only after, now I've been to the Philippines so many times, I don't even know how many times, but, uh, and I've been to Africa and so forth. And um, it, it, that experience in life helps out, I think. And that could so, be yeah. a, a good uh, program, An another new program, because it's, it's long, but for the discourse, the, uh, speak about the, the, the mentality of the Westerns here, mm -hmm. with the mentality of the liberalist, liberal mentality mm -hmm. of the left side about many things, no? 
Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very conservative in, in my country, and here the, the, the Kurdish say you are very liberal. <laughs> so liberal. <laughs> so liberal. If, if my son heard you, you know, father, my father is liberal, my father is very conservative. <laughs> uh, we can speak a lot about this. That's, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming over, and uh, I'm, uh, now I owe you a visit. Now I must visit you wherever you are, and uh, I hope to do it soon, you know. and. Uh, and uh, anybody have anything else to add? And Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Oh, well, th Thank you very much. Over the last 10 years, the Kurdish Freedom Movement has welcomed foreign volunteers, both men and women. And some volunteers are motivated by ideology, such as the writings of Abdullah Oshalan, and some have their own reasons for being here. Some are completely clueless. But the Kurds and Yazidis have been very successful in harnessing their energies, and most of these volunteers find what they're looking for and find it difficult to leave their friends when their time is done. Here, when you refer to revolutionaries, you use the word heval, which means friend. And here you get to make a lot of friends. But for anybody who is thinking about volunteering here, whether to the militia or in some other capacity, I do have a few tips. Uh, I would say don't focus exclusively on the enemy you have to fight, but on the people you vow to protect. Try to understand them and speak with them and enjoy their company. Uh, notice how generous Yazidis will be to you despite the fact that they have very little. And realize that every Westerner who volunteers in the region is a new opportunity to rewrite the relationship between the West and the Yazidi and Kurdish people, a relationship that's been dysfunctional for over a hundred years at least. And when you're here at your base, there are times when it seems like you are doing nothing. But remember this, ISIS originated from Iraq. They are here and they're active. They see you whether you know it or not. You're making a difference, even when it's boring. Another thing I found out when I got here is that it is very difficult to get medical supplies into Iraq. I know this as part of the health committee. So if you are coming to join a militia, you should bring a standard military individual first aid kit. It costs about 100 US dollars. That helps so that you're not a drain on our resources. And the last tip I want to give is uh, the next time you get an invitation on Instagram to get on a plane to go fight in a militia, uh, consider it your responsibility to use Google to learn the basic facts of what you're fighting for. If it was up to me, you wouldn't even be allowed to come here if you're just a dumb hillbilly who wants to fire guns. But the truth is that volunteers have proven valuable from all types of perspectives. The other consideration is that this experience can change you. You'll meet Yazidis who are ready to give their lives for a kind of democracy that is much more meaningful than the republic democracy that you find in the West. So you might find yourself profoundly different than when you came in. Statistically speaking, the chances are that if you are going to go volunteer to help the Kurds in any capacity, by the time you're done, you're not going to want to leave.